welcome to this episode of Tax Chick Podcast today. I'm kind of excited. I've got video tax news on with me today. And if you follow me on uh, LinkedIn or Instagram or read my blog, you'll hear me talking about video tax news. And so I talk about them so much and I'm always kind of referencing their materials that I thought it would be really fun to bring them on as guests. And what's also unique about the video tax news team is they happen to be siblings. And so I work a lot with family businesses and I think there is a certain dynamic that is involved in working with family. And I thought it might be fun for them to talk a bit about the genesis of their family business, which was actually started by their parents um, over 40 years ago, and to talk a bit about what it's like to be siblings working together and some of the pros and cons and some of the tricks and tips that they've learned over the years to create family harmony. Uh, They tell some very funny stories about family trips uh, growing up and how those family trips intersected with tax cases. I was very, I was excited. I did not know this about them. So it's very, very funny. Um, And talking a bit about how there are pros and cons to knowing about tax when you own a business. And sometimes when you know a lot about tax, that creates other issues um, for you. So it's a really great conversation. And although we intended the conversation to be a bit more tax adjacent, we just couldn't stop ourselves. And so we ended up talking a bit about about five things that we felt are hot issues right now. And we tried to focus these five things on what maybe a public accountant would need to know. But there is some commentary as well about how you as a taxpayer, if you're listening to this, might find this information to be useful or it'll help you to understand perhaps why your accountant is asking you certain questions or help to explain some things you might be hearing in the media right now. So That is our episode. And before we jump right in, I just want to do a little summary of what Video Tax News is. I will make sure to link everything in the show notes so you'll have full access. But um, today, there's two of the members of Video Tax News who are going to be uh, chatting with me. It's Caitlin and Joe, and they are directors and editorial board members of Video Tax News. And Video Tax News, as I said, is a family business, and it's owned by Caitlin and Joe and their sister, Sheena. And the Video Tax News team prides itself on cutting through the overwhelming avalanche of tax developments to provide practical tax information to thousands of Canadian accountants, lawyers, and tax professionals across Canada. Uh, Caitlin and Joe are both CPA, CA tax specialists focusing on owner-managed business, and they love talking tax, which you'll see. Uh, once you continue listening to this episode, they have presented for and been published by several organizations, including CPA Alberta, BC, Manitoba, and Ontario, the Canadian Tax Foundation, and Law Now. I am excited to share this episode with you, and I hope that you get some insight into what it is like to be a tax practitioner and also some insight into some of these hot topics that are popping up in the tax world right now. So without further ado, on to the episode. Well, welcome to this episode of the Tax Chick Podcast. I'm really excited today. I've got some friends on with me today, some tax friends. I have a tax chick and I have a tax dude. I don't know. What should we call you? <laughs> oh, tax dude sounds fantastic. Woohoo! Joe, you got to be honest. Tax nerd. <laughs> I'll wear any hat you want me to wear. Just as long as it has tassels. <laughs> I wish this were on video. I've, I've, I've got siblings on today, guys. It's going to be really exciting. So Caitlin and Joe, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I mean, we chat all the time and, and I've, I'm a long sport, supporter of video tax news. 
But it's just really fun to have you on today to talk a bit more about your business and about the two of you. And I kind of gave you a bit of a warning because I usually ask my guests um, the same two questions. And I realized I didn't know the answers to these questions for you guys. So I'm curious to hear. So I'll start with my first question, uh, which is, what is the last podcast episode you listened to or your favorite podcast? So maybe I'll start with you, Joe. Well, you know, I, I don't listen to too many podcasts, but the last one I listened to was our own the life and the tax lien. And I had to do that because we have to edit it before we get it out. So there you Requires go. That lots was... of editing. <laughs> that was I guess, I, I mean, I listen to it too. And and I like that you guys have it available now in podcast format as well mm. as video format. I think I was telling you guys before I listen to it, I, I watch it. I like to watch you guys because you're, you're very humorous. And I watch it while eating lunch. So it's true. this really great, you know, thing that I can fill my head with as I'm, as I'm eating. So I, I'm with you. Uh, Caitlin, what about you? It's like dinner theater for you. Happy to do yes, it. It is. It is. You don't even have to pay for it. Um, with respect to my podcast, totally different than tax accounting business, but it is the Modern Love Podcast. I'm such a sap, but it's like my little escape, my little cupcake I get to eat or listen to, you know, at the end of the day. And it talks about love in all different forms, love of numbers, love of nerds, love of children, relationships, <laughs> animals. It's the best. There's a little bit too much love talk around here. Let's get to the good stuff. Okay, here's my second quick question. So what is the emoji you use most often when texting, Joe? Emojis? Emojis? I Honestly, I don't use too many emojis. I just type out hee hee or ha ha. Or sometimes if I'm feeling really, you know, efficient, I'll type out LOL. So those are <laughs> Mr. Those Technology. Kind of, there you go. For many years, my mother thought LOL was lots of love. And so she would send that behind text that, you know, we're just not appropriate to send LOL <laughs> behind. <laughs> what, is, well, what does it mean then? Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was a joke. That was a joke. Okay, good, good. I'm glad. I was a little dictionary, Joe. <laughs> so Caitlin, what about you? I'm practical. Thumbs up. It's much more efficient than saying, you know, typing in okay, just boom, thumbs up, boom, thumbs up, boom, boom, boom. And then you carry on with life and listen to modern okay. love. Okay. There nice you efficiency. go. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, I feel like I know you guys so much more now. There's this new deeper appreciation for the two of you. <laughs> Sorry, right, I had to go through that. Let's dive in. I'm excited. So we were trying to decide what we were going to talk about today. And you would think that with three tax nerds on a podcast, we'd be talking about tax. Um, We're not necessarily going to talk about tax. I think this is going to become one of my tax adjacent episodes. I like to refer to them that way. Because tax people don't always talk about tax. There's other things in life um, that are important to us. And so today we thought we would talk a little bit actually about your business, about video tax news and about working together as siblings. And so we kind of picked three topics and the last one is kind of taxy. So we'll ease you into it. Um, (laughs) The first topic is just for you to talk to us about how exactly did video tax news get started as a family business and, and what's the genesis of it? And then... I want to find out what it's like running a business with family. I mean, I'm an only child, so I don't have any siblings to fight with or to have discussions with. But um, of course, the missing uh, team member here today is, is of course, Sheena, your sister, who's not part of our call today. Um, But you guys are working together as a family. And I think that's really cool. And, And I would like to talk to you a little bit about some of the hurdles and the obstacles and some of the good things about working with family. And then when we have everyone primed and warmed up, we're going to finish off with a with a top five list of sort of 
hot tax issues to watch out for. And and because there's so many hot tax issues to watch out for, you guys have kindly narrowed that a little bit. And so you're going to be focusing on tax issues that would be of interest to, for example, public accountants working in Canada, things that they're going to want to be watching out for either from a compliance perspective or changes to legislation, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So should we dive right in? Let's do it. Head first. Okay. Deep All end. right. Well, then, then I'm going to let you guys fight over who's going to talk each time. So I'll <laughs> let you guys handle that. But sure. we're going to start off with the with the first question, which is, you know, what is video tax news, and like, where did the genesis of this business idea come from? Sure. Well, I'll start off with you know talking about what exactly is video tax. Basically, we have a number of publications. We also do uh, education. The whole concept is to provide information and education primarily to public accountants across the country focused on tax. So we take everything, all that complicated stuff, the piles of court cases and all that, we go through it all, we read it, we, tr- we translate it into sort of regular English so you can understand it, and we try to put a, a practical bent on it so you can mm-hmm. actually use it in your practice. So we, we're just really making the the information knowledge gathering process as efficient and fun as we possibly can. So, mm-hmm. so that's really what it does. Thank you very much for that summary on video tax news. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. And, and I mean, I've been a long time um, person that listens and is involved in video tax news um, because to me, your your business embodies the same, the same way that I like to practice tax, which is tax doesn't have to be so complicated. It is possible to take those concepts and break them down and make it very usable and very practical. And so I, I really appreciate that and um, how you guys do that. Mm-hmm. How did it become sort of this like family business? Well, you know, it started about 40 years ago. Joe, Sheena, and myself were three of five children of the founder of the business, Tom, uh, or mom and dad, Tom and Linda. And about 40 years ago, Tom, CA, he was an, in public practice tax specialist, and he was running into a problem that a lot of practitioners have. And it's the issue that it just takes so long, so much time to get through the tax changes, to get through the administrative changes. He was saying, he mentioned to us, you know, half of his day in some parts of the year was spent on these updates. And that doesn't leave much time to practice, to bill your clients. And so we thought, you know what, there has got to be a better way. And him and my mom, very entrepreneurial. And they thought, you know what, let's run with this idea. Let's take this tax stuff, make it digestible, make it efficient, make it practical for all these practitioners all across the countries in this small and mid-size firms. And so that's what they did. It started small. It was quite organic. One meeting a month, one meeting a week, getting a few practitioners around the table. Tom would talk about, dad would talk about the issues for the month. And then it worked so well that it grew and grew and grew. And the kids didn't disown mom and dad when they say you want to talk about tax and get involved in the business. And so we got involved. We did other things along the way. Um, But that's where we are now. That is so cool. And I mean, I often get that question from other practitioners or even from law students, for example, that say like, I want to learn about tax, but I don't know where to start because it Mm -hmm. feels like this huge thing you have to bite off. And so I always say, well, go check out video tax news because I think at a very minimum, 
if someone listens to Life in the Tax Lane once a month, which is what we were talking about earlier. So this is, there's a video portion and plus there's also a podcast portion. Mm -hmm. If you'd prefer to just listen, it's 10 minutes. They literally have a timer going at the bottom, which I love because I can kind of see how much is left. <laughs> they, they hit whatever is hot for that month. And so they do it in a way that if you know nothing about tax, you can listen to this and you will still leave with some information. And then they link all the important stuff below. And it is a wonderful way to start just to get a little taste um, of what's happening right now. Yeah, yeah, Amanda, our motto is happy, snappy, not too crappy. So there you go. It works <laughs> so free. well. <laughs> it's free. I still I still Sold. have memories, Caitlin, of when you were on Matt Leave that one time and they brought that dinosaur head or whatever in and they stuck it between Hugh and Joe. And it was sad. It was like, here, we have a replacement for Caitlin. And I went, what the heck? <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. Caitlin's a little growly, so it worked out well. We, we missed when you, I'm Caitlin. We missed you, Caitlin. It was, it was sad. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I'm really curious what it's like to, to sort of run a business with family. I mean, I work with a lot of, of family-owned businesses, mm -hmm. so I see it from that side. But it has to present its own challenges. What, mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on that? That is a loaded question. Holy dynamo. <laughs> But I guess I have to start, what's it like running a business with your family? And every family is different in our situation, or at least for me, I actually really enjoyed it. I love working with my siblings. We actually enjoy spending time together and they're very skilled at what they do. So to get cool people that inspire you, that you can learn from all working together that happen to be your siblings. That's a pretty lucky combination, um, but it's a, it's a lot of fun. We get to achieve awesome things together. Um, but like you say, a lot of unique opportunities and challenges. Joe, do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, how growing up together perhaps um, impacts well, what we do? Yeah, first of all, I'll say my colleagues are okay. <laughs> Excuse me. They're fine. They're good. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's it's good. We love working together. Um, a little yeah, better than I, okay. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, uh, since mom and dad started this business from the beginning, they're very entrepreneurial. They got the kids involved right from mm. day one. So, I mean, when we were babies, we were in a little box that was put beside the registration table, and we would goo and ga and stuff like Here's that. Usually the lid was off. In. Yes, it was good entertainment. And then uh, as we got older, we would hold open the doors for people, hand out highlighters, pass out books, collect garbage. And we just worked all the, all the way through until later on. Well, hey, now it's just up on us on the stage and, and doing the research and writing along with other people as well, like uh, mm -hmm. the handsome Hugh Nielsen. So, you know, we've got a pretty big team that we work together with, but it was fun. And um, I got to say, it was uh, it, it was interesting. What is, because what's happening, Joe? Are you leaving us? <laughs> Oh, it okay. is. No, no, the childhood was fun. Let's not get a hold of our head of ourselves. It sounded here. a bit like a retirement speech there for a second. <laughs> I enjoyed my Breaking time with video tax. Breaking news. Joe's leaving video tax news. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What I was going to say was that as kids, we would go on vacations, and quite often our destinations for vacation were the subjects of tax court cases. So, so we'd we would, you know, there's the one time we went to BC and there's this one bed and breakfast that, that was dealing with the principal <laughs> residence exemption so cool. or deduction, however you want to call it. So we went there and we stayed there and we absorbed it. And we mm -hmm. really... That's awesome. Know, yeah, we learned mm -hmm. a lot. 
I like want to be in your family. I mean, I didn't like tax when I was growing up, but I feel like now if I could go back in time, that would be such a fun thing to do. Ask our siblings that aren't involved in the tax world if yeah. they want to be there. Oh, we have we have one brother who's like, tax? Ta- I'm going to be a dancer. Forget about it. Yeah. So he's amazing. It works both ways, right? You could have some entertainment for the beginning of your tax updates. You know? But I think growing up together and growing up in the family business, you develop skills and you and you learn a lot about each other. We know, at least I think I know kind of what makes Joe tick, what makes Sheena tick. Mm-hmm. I have a deeper appreciation of their strengths and also what drives all of us insane. And so when you have that really deep, knowledge of one another you can put that to great use and I think it's been really helpful Joe in in kind of allocating our workloads figuring Mm. out what our role in the business is and how to play on our strengths and how we can work with each other to build this business and to keep moving forward and to you know deliver these awesome tools to our clients yeah it could be it could be really stressful because i'm the kind of person who really wants to get out there and talk to everybody and do everything and and then caitlin's the one who's like hold your freaking horses joe how are we going to get it done how are we going to get it done correctly etc so you know we have we have sort of those different dynamics and usually we can leave the conversations without swearing at each other which is very positive and uh (laughs) You know, I, I think it works out at the end of the day. But um, the, the fact that you're related to each other helps because when you get into more heated emotional debates or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know that you're going to still be related to each other one way or the other. So you got to figure out things, you know, how to sort of get along. But it, but it allows you to sort of go to those deeper places and push each other a little bit bit harder because you know that you've got that bond to sort of help you through at the end of the day. And you got each other's back and that's that mutual trust and respect in each other at least for us that Mm -hmm. has been such a grounding force in particular over these last few years during the pandemic Mm -hmm. where there have been so many changes and so much stress in the business personal in the economy Mm -hmm. all over the place there's been a lot so having that foundation is really incredible yeah yeah Caitlin, I think, I think, you know, like one of the big parts about this too, is we sort of have different personalities here, even though we're from the same family, but the bigger thing, or or not the bigger thing, but another thing is we're all married. So we all have Mm -hmm. spouses who have their ways of doing things, their lives, and our business sort of carries into their lives and it can affect them if we have to work really late or travel all the time. So, you know, finding a way to sort of understand and respect the spouses of your siblings and, and, Mm -hmm. and try to figure out how to make all that work. You know, it's, 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 it's good. It's a positive thing because you, you really learn how to sort of um, be patient, understanding and keep yourself in check so that you're not just sort of focusing on your own little thing. You're able to sort of work with the people around you. Yeah. And Joe, that brings up a good point about one of the constant challenges and it's figuring out, finding where that line is between business time and personal and family time. And that's not specific to running a business with a family. That's everywhere. It's very pervasive. Um, But, you know, when your siblings are also super excited about talking about the new tax act or, you know, the new regulations (laughs) or, you know, this court case or this bed and breakfast, you know, it takes some discipline to, park that when you're having Christmas dinner sometimes (laughs) and, um, and, and, you know, open your mind in other ways. 
Well, I, well mean, you know, yeah. it's, it's, I think we're all like that as tax professionals. Mm-hmm. I think we just love what we do so much that we can't stop talking about it and, and talking about business. And I was out with a friend the other day, one of my very close business friends, and we were like, we're going to go out, we're going to have just like a fun, you know, brunch. We're not going to talk business. We got about 10 minutes yeah. in and she's like, oh, I meant to tell you, did you know about this? And I went, oh yeah, I meant to tell you, did you hear about this? And <laughs> next thing you know, we're on business. And she goes, oh shoot, we weren't supposed to do this. And I said, whatever, we have to get this done anyway. And that's just the way it happens sometimes, right? So mm-hmm. I can imagine that Christmas must be entertaining, but it probably helps that some of your siblings are not in the business because mm-hmm. they're going to check you at that point and be like, listen, I don't want to hear about this. This is not this is not relevant to Christmas mm-hmm. dinner at this point. And spouses <laughs> and children as well. Yes. stop talking about tax (laughs) well and I know for for many families that what seems to be the struggle at least what I see in my clients is that um, demarcation of roles and so I do like the comment that you made that it's like we all kind of know our lanes we know where we fit we know where our strengths are because I think that's when you get you know, they get that chaos in any business even if it's Mm -hmm. family or non-family if there isn't really clearly demarcated roles Mm -hmm. and strengths. Mm -hmm. How has knowing about tax helped you in your business? Do you find it helps or do you find sometimes it makes it worse? I find sometimes it makes it worse for me because it's like I know too much then I I spin sometimes. I gotta say (laughs) I don't know about in the business but knowing about tax is challenging because I'll be on the soccer pitch playing (laughs) soccer trying to focus and then I hear this conversation on the side people you know they should be focusing on the game but they're talking about you know investing in their RSP or TFSA and I'm like whoa 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 back up or their (laughs) rental property and it's just it's so distracting and then the ball gets by me and we have a big blah 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 but um anyways that's my specific tax is everywhere like you can't once you know it you can't get it out of your head hey how about you joe what do you think yeah no it's the same thing you always hear somebody you know the worst is when you hear the person say my buddy told me about doing something and you you hear it and you know exactly why the advice is wrong and why it wouldn't work for them and you really want to say something but then it would be really awkward and then all of a sudden you would be their best friend and they would ask Mm -hmm. you a whole bunch more questions so it's sometimes you just got to say nope not going to say anything I'm just going to kick the damn ball and that's it Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's right that's right but it's hard sometimes when people are saying things that you just know are wrong and there's this natural desire to step in and try to support and help Mm because I feel like Tim Hortons coffee row it's it's a bad place in Canada like I don't know everyone goes to get coffee and then they hear about stuff that and the Mm -hmm. same information gets circled around and it's usually wrong and then they come Mm -hmm. in to see us and oh well my neighbor told me or my friend told me and as soon as I hear that phrase I go oh no (laughs) just give them one of your extra income tax acts just be like you know read this and then tell me if it's right. Well, the thing is, every time something is told and passed on to somebody else, it just gets more and more true in the mind of the recipient and the one who's telling it. And they start to cut out the details that don't fit the narrative that they're trying to pass on. Exactly. And the nuance is lost. And then all of a mm-hmm. sudden, you're, you're left with a situation where there's anger, incorrect opinions being given, mm-hmm. um, lack of trust or mistrust in the, in the professional. So it can be very problematic. So dealing with those situations and being able to sort of say, well, calm down there, tiger, in a way yeah. that's not patronizing. <laughs> This is, this is a tough thing to do. Because that sounded pretty patronizing. Yeah, too, just I don't call it tiger. Maybe like oh. kitty cat. Yeah, I don't know. I have this image of Tony the tiger on my screen. It's like, I don't think kitty cat's any better, Caitlin. I'm sorry. Doggy? You fantastic feline. There you go. That's some good advice, Caitlin. 
Well, well, since we keep talking about tax, even though we weren't going to talk about tax, why don't why don't we jump to kind of our, our top five list? Because I am actually really curious to to hear from your perspective what you think are some some hot things that people need to be aware of. And 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 like we said, there are there is so much going on right now. There are so many proposed legislative changes and just things happening in our country to do mm-hmm. with tax that it's very hard to narrow it down to five things. So you are going to focus on sort of what public accountants need to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, I mean, these topics are have broader relevance anyway. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first thing that came to mind was this shift to electronic communication with the tax department with CRA. There's been lots of proposed changes, rightfully so, to communicate, to file, to do things electronically. But if as an accounting firm, you haven't fully considered integrating this into your practice, that's going to create hiccups. And something even as simple as a proposal requiring that any um, income tax or GST payment in excess of $10,000, other than in a specific exception, but that has to be done electronically. Um, you got to be thinking about grandma, Georgie, who doesn't have a computer and and just does things, you know, on paper and check, those kind of things. Um, We have changes related to businesses who have uh, an online account with CRA, being that the default method of communication will be done electronically. As a business, is that what you want? Do you not want to get paper anymore? There are inherent risks there. And I think as a firm, we need to be thinking about that up front and figuring out how that impacts running an efficient uh, practice, considering our client constraints. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one, Kate. Thanks for that. I think the second one is, um, it, and you alluded to this, Amanda, it's uh, dealing with the challenges of what has passed, what has not. Um, now, th- this is the thing. The, the last few years, there's been an avalanche of changes. So many things have happened. Now, some of them have effective dates uh, that are prior to royal assent, so prior to it actually becoming law, meaning in some situations you're going to have to go back and fix returns. Sometimes there's prospective dates. So just knowing what is out there, what stage is, is it at, and when is it actually effective is incredibly difficult. Caitlin and I are putting together a list, and I think there's about 150 items that practitioners yeah. need to know about that all have different stages of progress right now. So as a firm, how do you deal with that all? And just to give you one example, um, back in April, of uh, 2021, we had the proposal that any capital assets, most capital assets purchased, you could write off 100% of them, immediate expensing. But the thing is, the law wasn't wasn't passed until just over a year later. And now that it's passed, now you're going to have to go back, you're going to have to figure out which one of your clients purchased a capital asset in the year. And I I mean, most probably have purchased some, and now you're going to have to go back and amend it. Um, How are you going to charge for that? How are you going to make sure you catch everybody? How are you going to let your clients know about it? What's your process going to be? Are you going to hire a co-op student to go through and try to identify them? So, so many challenges associated Mm -hmm. with just that one change. What about these other 150? So, you know, just from a practice perspective, how do you deal with all of these changes and the time differences associated with them? Another significant change we have coming down the pipes has to do with trust. If we have a client with a trust that has a year end, the end of this calendar year, December 31st, 2022 or later, there are 
proposals that hasn't been legislated yet, but it's likely going to happen that would significantly impact the information that we need to disclose and also a significant increase in the types of trust and the types of relationships that we would need to be disclosing here. So I know um, if we have an accounting firm that just says, I don't want to do trust stuff. Well, you still got to be looking at these rules because they are going to be very, very broad. I mean, one of the big issues that is coming up are these situations where you may have a bare trust arrangement, something as simple as perhaps setting up a bank account in trust for your child. Does that get caught under these rules? We haven't received specific comments from the Department of Finance to my knowledge about that, but I think there's a, a risk that that very well could get caught. So as an accounting firm, how do you identify whether we have trusts that need to be disclosed, where we need that filing? Do your clients even know that this is an issue? Once you've identified that, how do you gather the relevant information? And that's a whole other can of worms in and of itself. Is that information accessible? And then from the practical angle, okay, you got all this mess of stuff. How do you manage your workflow in the spring to get all these filings in? Because they're due by the end of March. So it is coming up very, very quickly. And if firms haven't thought about this proactively yet, that is probably something you want to prioritize. Yeah, and I guess if you're a tax, oh, sorry, Joe, I was going to say if you're a taxpayer that's hearing this as well, I've been getting a lot of questions from my clients who say, well, my accountant just asked me for all this information. And it's really weird because they've never asked me before Mm -hmm. what's going on. Um, So if you're a taxpayer and you're hearing this, it's because your accountant is trying to be proactive and they're trying to gather this extra information. This is fabulous because they're trying to get it from you earlier because some of this is harder to get. I mean, you have to find social insurance numbers, people's addresses and names. Some of these people might be deceased now. Um, It's, it's really quite a process. They passed away. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> most people heard about the rules and just gave up tax, but some people you know, took, it, took it a step further. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's important if you're a taxpayer and you're hearing this just to know, like, this is a good thing if you're getting this mm-hmm. type of a request. Mm-hmm. And, and I am seeing a lot of them coming through, which is fabulous because it, mm-hmm. it is going to be quite a bit of info to gather. Well, mm-hmm. we're not even really at the proactive stage anymore. We're, we're now at that. You need it now yeah. because we're talking about trust year ends in December. So that's, that's right away. That's just a couple yeah. months from now. Right. So we're not, mm-hmm. we're almost past the proactive stage at this point. That's true. It's the reactive point now. Okay. So, uh, can I move on to the next one? You can. Okay. So the next big one is uh, how do we deal with these uh, COVID related supports? So on a personal uh, basis, we've, we've got uh, CERB, CRB, a whole bunch of different supports for different individuals on a business pers- from a business perspective. We've got rent, wage subsidies, uh, loans, all types of things that have been government support. So we're past the point where you can apply for these different programs. We're past the point where you get the money. We're at the point where the government has said, listen, we had to get the money out quickly. Now we've got to ensure that people who shouldn't have got it didn't get it. So we're focusing the next three years on really nailing this, going down, trying to make sure that everything is done correctly. And there have been a number of public reports about fraud committed. So there's public pressure on them to collect, get some of this money back. So they've said, we're going to go hardcore. So now we as accountants are faced, we're going to be faced with a bunch of these audits and reviews um, on these programs we applied for when there was quickly 
created legislation, so there are holes in the legislation. There was not a ton of guidance, no jurisprudence. So we're going to have our work evaluated, work we had to do with without sort of, I would say sufficient, but without strong sort of guidelines or support. And this could turn into a legal disaster for some, some of us, some taxpayers, some accountants, some lawyers as well. So... <clears throat> Where exactly are all of these audits and reviews going to take us? I don't know, but it's got a lot of people scared. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I know we've been telling people to start gathering that info too. I mean, I've been, I've been saying this. I know you guys have been saying this like since these programs came out, it was like, if you applied for something, keep an electronic file or a paper file saying, this is what I applied for this. Did I get it or not? This is why I thought I qualified. And here's my supporting documents because here we are now two years out. We can't remember what we applied for. And, and they kept changing the darn acronyms, right? So it was like one thing one day and one thing another day. And to now go back and kind of reproduce that is hard, but it's better to start now because we are seeing quite a few of these audit requests come through. They've certainly made their way into Saskatchewan. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard of a few of them happening in our province. And so I think the, the onslaught is coming. And as advisors, we're going to get them on behalf of our clients. Um, and then perhaps even as an accounting firm, you may have applied for a few of these things yourselves. Um, as part of your business. So good to kind of get this in order. And yeah. I think the big key here is just the public pressure. I know I was talking with a, a fellow from the National Post the other day, Christopher Nardi, and uh, it was specifically about this, you know, a $500,000 potential scam on, on the wage subsidy. I mean, these articles are going to come out. There's been a number of them already. And when there's articles coming out, that means politicians are going to be affected by it. They're going to be pushing CRA and CRA, you know, they've already said we're going to be focusing on it. So, you know, mm -hmm. this is going to be a big deal. As an accounting firm, how are we going to deal with these questions? What is our role with our clients in respect to this audit review activity? Mm -hmm. Let's now, go on to the final thing. Top five here. And this is just an overall theme we're seeing. It's not new this year, but it is picking up steam. And we're seeing a lot more attention, interest in respect of real estate issues, in particular residential real estate. There have been many, many changes rolled out over the last year or, or even just slightly before that that could impact purchasing and selling behaviors of taxpayers. In addition, CRA is very, very interested in real estate transactions. They regularly publish their stats in respect of their audit activity, uh, tax recovered in respect of real estate. They identify where they're seeing errors happen, where they're going to be focusing their energy. So this is just a whole hotbed of the, the combination of changes, audit activity and political pressure related to housing affordability. Um, so, so heads up here, we see lots of new credits being rolled out, amendments, changes to prior credits. Joe? Yeah, yeah Caitlin, you know what? I think it's worthwhile just to give just like a quick yeah. list of them. So do you yeah. mind if I just mention a few of these things that Love people it. probably need to keep in mind? First of all, there's, there's the first home savings account, which is sort of like an RRSP for younger individuals primarily who can put up to 40000 in it. And it's going it, to, this seems to me like this is going to be the rule of thumb. Instead of putting it into your RRSP, you're going to put it into this first, even in, ahead of a TFSA, probably. Um, mm -hmm. so, so that's going to be just sort of a change to our normal investing right. rule of thumbs. We got a doubling of the first time, first time buyer's amount, home accessibility tax credit, multi-generational generational. Uh, gen no, generational <laughs> home renovation tax credit. So now mom and dad might want to come and live with you and you can do some renovations, put in a laneway home, get a big tax credit for it. But, you know, 
Kate, Kate and Amanda, I mean, th there's the benefit side, but Caitlin, you also alluded to the sticks, the problems, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, and the incentives. Do you want, Caitlin, maybe you should just mention a yeah, few of those. Yeah, we had the proposed um, anti-flipping tax on the residential properties. We had the uh, comments from the budget about the foreign investor ban on residential real estate purchases, the federal underused housing tax. We also see provincial aspects or provincial sides of these um, rules related to kind of vacancy taxes on the provincial side. We also see ownership registries trying to, you know, get people to disclose actually who owns what. Um, we're seeing a push across the country there. Um, and then even just on the basic bread and butter stuff in respect of GST, HST issues related to real estate transactions, oftentimes they're overlooked, particularly in areas where, you know, maybe you don't think you need a tax advisor, you convert your home into a um, Airbnb property, something like that. They're very, very complex issues. They're often overlooked, and they can be very costly. Mm -hmm. uh, so heads up there. Um, I would be surprised if we don't see more activity focused on the indirect tax side of these uh, real estate um, transactions events. Yeah, I think the big thing, Caitlin, here is all of the rules of thumb we had about investing in houses and purchasing are all out the window now. We have so many different variables we need mm -hmm. to think about, and even specialists in tax haven't put them all together yet. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of uncertainty about that. So we've got a whole bunch of balls in the air that we're just trying to figure out how to juggle with. So, so that's where we're at right now. Well, and we were thinking there might even be an interaction between some of the real estate changes and then the, the new trust reporting rules, because yes. we have so many people who are in these like bear trust type arrangements with, with land ownership, or we have like an agency agreement. So we were doing research as agency, the same as bear trust. Is there a certain wording that we should mm -hmm. be using? Because sometimes you can, you know, you're doing your normal thing of how you're either trying to deal with probate issues or you're trying to sort of smooth through an estate plan. And as a result, you actually create this new problem um, mm -hmm. that you're not really thinking about. So I, I think it's it's sort of in the unknown right now how you a know, lot Amanda, of this is going to shake down. Layer on to that, that shift to electronic communication and e-filing those trust mm -hmm. returns. Holy smokes, it's going to be much easier to collate, co to compile this information yes. on these trust returns to do follow-up information in whatever area the uh, tax department identifies as a higher risk area. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you know what? Do do I want to lay it on even further? Why not? Sure. This is, this is happy sure. hour here for tax. So, <laughs> hey, where's my drink? Yeah. Well, just, just pretend, Caitlin. Imagine. I think we all have water too. Hey, aren't we just the coolest cats? Yeah. <laughs> you think it's water? Uh, don't disclose. Um, you know the 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 other layer to this too is uh, these there there are a number of new modern type of transactions that aren't really accounted for well mm -hmm. within the Income Tax Act or, or guidance. So so we've got all of these these regular issues with trusts and homes that we're we're dealing with. But then you add in things mm -hmm. like uh, uh, cryptocurrencies and employees mm -hmm. working from home, maybe working from Arizona or wherever mm -hmm. else, and you may, might have some uh, residency for tax purposes 
issues. You know, how, how do you deal with all of this type of stuff as well? So, so again, there's a lot of uncertainty from the types of businesses and the way that businesses are now being operated now that everybody is used to working from home. So, uh, so there we go. Have we piled it on deep enough? Anybody feel like you're tired? I think so. Yeah, I did not know what your five things were going to be before we came on the call. This was really exciting as you released each one. I was like, what are they going to say next? I, I completely <laughs> like. I, I, I completely agree with you in terms of the top five that you've created. I think that the next sort of six to eight months are mm-hmm. going to be very interesting for mm-hmm. practitioners um, to see how much clarification we get. Because oftentimes we're trying to give advice to our clients, but we don't even know what the rule is. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of uncertainty. So kind of just doing the best that we can with the information that's in front of us. It's a complex, fast moving time. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like the last like five years. I mean, between between Tosi, shall I say that even on air, between Tosi and testamentary trust changes and now all the COVID policies, for tax practitioners and and for anybody involved in financiary, it's it's been a time of great change, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so there's been a lot of a lot of things people have had to really do in a very quick period of time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, this is fun. It was. Thank I, you. I really enjoyed this. I think we could probably have kept going. This is what happens when tax practitioners get together. We're just we just love yammering on about about exciting new things in tax. Welcome to or our session. This is our yeah. session of tax and toast. That's Eat right. it up. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I hope we converted some people here during this, this episode. Maybe we got some people going, this seems like fun. Or I want to be like these people. Yeah, exactly. One of the, one of the two, but no, it was really great to have you guys on. I, I really appreciate um, the product that you're putting out into the world. Um, Cause I think for Canadian tax, there are very few sources of information that can be sort of compacted and, and given to the public and given to practitioners in the way that you provide it. So it's a huge service. If people are listening, I'll make sure I put in the show notes um, any of the key links so you can find Video Tax News. If you're on LinkedIn, I strongly encourage you to follow you know Joe and Caitlin and Hugh and Video Tax News because it's actually where I find out a lot of the news about what's happening. I mean, I also follow CRA. So sometimes you get a little blip that pops up there, but they will give you up-to-date information and changes that are happening and and sort of alert you to things that on a practical level will impact your practice. And I really mm-hmm. appreciate that. And then also, if you're thinking of dipping your toe in further in tax, you know, check out Life in the Tax Lane uh, each month. <laughs> it's free. It's available on their website or through their podcast. And it's fun. It's really useful, interesting information. So I, I really appreciate the two of you coming on. You know, Amanda, even better than that, if your kids are misbehaving, make them watch Life in the Tax Lane. Oh, yeah. There That's you right. go. Nailed it. That's right. Well, I will let the two of you get onto your very busy days. I know you're heading into a bit of a busy season, but perhaps before we close off, did you want to just mention about the tax update seminars that are coming up here in the next couple of months? Sure. Yeah. I did so, not prep you on this. So okay. No. Yeah. So we do, we do, we do uh, in the fall, we do a sort of an overall tax update and it's fo- mostly for uh, public practicing accountants and it's all about the tax changes. And we talk about mm-hmm. it, you know, from a, a public practice type of approach. So mostly flags, what do you need to do? Warnings, cautions, two days course. It's intense. Like, I mean, you think yeah. we're talking fast now. We talk even faster then and we're even yeah. funnier then. Probably. Oh, no, no. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. so so that's what it is. It's like 500 pages of material that we got to get through in two mm-hmm. days. So, Virtual um, and in person. And yeah. yeah. Right across the country. There it's you go. very, very practical focus as well. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, I mean, it's it's intense because I've sat there for a bit while you guys have been doing it and went, whoa. 
um, you know, it, it's, it's very intense, but you will leave with very, very concrete information heading into, you know, your tax season. And so um, check it out for sure. Okay. Well, Lovely. I, this was fun. I it look was. forward to chatting with you guys again. Um, and I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Thanks a lot, thank Amanda. You. This was ding dong. Fantastic. Ding dong. Joe, you're just nailing it. <laughs> Now I have, to large. I have to decide how much of Joe's comments we're going to edit out here before we, before we put this on. But I feel like I feel like I got to keep all this in because it really shows his personality. <laughs> shows his charm. Peace. All I'm right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you. Well, that is all we have time for today, folks. Thank you so much for listening. I hope we gave you some food for thought or at least made you laugh. Please see the show notes for any resource material that we reference throughout the episode and to find out more about my amazing guest today. And if you'd like to learn more about any of the topics that we covered on today's podcast or about other topics relating to tax in general, I do invite you to sign up for my monthly newsletter, Musings of a Tax Chick, and follow me on Instagram. My handle is at tax.chick. If you enjoy this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you could leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and also click subscribe so you make sure you never miss a new episode. Please note that the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast episode belong solely to the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the speaker's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. In addition, the information provided and discussed in this podcast is not legal advice. We encourage you to consult with your legal advisor for specific advice.